everyone, welcome to the You Got a Minute Fam podcast. Last week was our pilot episode and it was a raging success, or at the very least, some people listened to it. I am joined by my co-host, Actively Lazy. What's up today, man? Hey, uh, I'm on daddy duty, man. I saw that Kevin Hart movie and I got inspired, so I got my son <laughs> with me here while I do this podcast, so... If you're listening to it and you hear something in the background, if it's thumps and scuffles, it's because he's choking me out because that's just how he is. And if you hear crying, just mind your business, people. Mind your business. <laughs> I heard it was really sad. I saw like the tail end of it because I like, kind of came in on somebody else, but I don't think I caught the sad. I got the triumphant part, triumphant part, I think, but I heard it's really sad, but I don't watch Kevin Hart movies, so sorry. Yeah, like, I, and I was joking. I wasn't watching it either. I mean, I, I'm not a Kevin Hart hater, but... I can't, I, I don't know, most of his movies I can't do, but, uh, so, let's get right down to it, before we start, don't forget, give us five stars, rating on iTunes, uh, shout out to the Patreon, all-star subscription, you get lots and lots of privileges, there are links on the page, ask me about it, or ask somebody else about it, uh, what else would we have to plug, all the other shows that will network, Team Turnbuckle Network, or Team Turnbuckle Podcast, is coming back off of a little hiatus. Uh, maybe we'll get the gambling show uh, with Alan and Keith in the future, or maybe the NBA show with Alan and Keith. Well, Alan and uh, Corey, that would be a good one. Or maybe I have both y'all on there. But anyway, keep following all the shows on the IB Network. Now, the time has come. Let's get right down to it. I think the story Yay. of the week, the whether you're talking about the group or you're talking about the NBA is Ben Simmons. I'm finding Ben Simmons, I don't even know, like a million dollars for being a scared little biatch. I don't understand why he won't shoot. He's scared to go to the free throw line. They showed uh, his fourth quarters where he basically had taken three shots in the fourth quarter the whole entire seven-game series. Most of the series, he wouldn't even take a shot. He had that horrible play at the end of Game 7 or near the end of Game 7 where he had a layup and he passed it up. And I think the only person what was on, I guess the uh, the European guy, who I can't remember his name off the top of my head, was behind him maybe and Trey was in front of him and he passed the shot up. That just emblematic of everything wrong with Ben Simmons right now. All right, so did you refer to Gallinari as the European guy? Yeah, I did. I, oh, that's brain, rough. I had a brain freeze. That's I like rough. him. I had a brain yeah, freeze. Straight out of the Juneteenth into this, huh? The <laughs> European guy. Um, nah, man, you you right, and and um, it's unfortunate that my four year old is behind me because I have a lot of choice words for what I saw out of Ben Simmons, but um, to put it in a very G rated, that was very um. Courage the cowardly dog like performance there by Ben Simmons. And um I would argue that he checked out after game five. Um I mean, I'm I'm big on body language. Like he just was not in he just wasn't in the game. Like he just wasn't there. Um and people could say it was about the free throws or this and that, but I mean it's just hard for me to imagine that somebody could get to this level and be that fragile, um mentally and competitively like Ben Simmons ain't never been a good shooter like this isn't something that's out of the ordinary he's never been a good shooter he wasn't a good shooter in uh, college he could score but he you know, he wasn't knocking out shots I don't know if his free throw percentages was this bad in college or anything like that but um 
at the end of the day, it's like, dude, like Shaq said, like we, we still need you. Like you're you're still in the game. Okay, your your shots off. You can't hit free throws. Give me effort. Give me effort. Like it was the the really childish and just ill timed fouls from time to time, um, and and his reluctance to do basically things that should be natural. It's Trey Young is Tristan's height, man. If I'm six ten, I'm dunking on. I'm putting him on TikTok, man. Yeah, like that's your chance. That. Even that if you get another one. bucket, the rest of the game, Trey, Trey even like froze. Like, oh snap, he about to dunk on me. Wait, he's passing. Like, what is going on? So, um, he is deserving of something worse than um than a fine. I don't even know. Can we can we mute him? Can we mute a, <laughs> I a wish real we person? Could. Kick him out. Philly's yeah. trying to mute him. Or kick him out of the the city, but the bad thing is, like, if everybody in the whole sports world saying he needs to be traded, what is your value? <laughs> and like I said, um, you know, if Danny Ainge was still a GM, he would find his way to Boston for sure. But no, nah. and I'm I'm I see the the trade packages that people are putting out and stuff like that, but I just don't see how anybody could could trade for somebody that at this point needs a sports psychologist. And it's, 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 I just don't understand, like you said, how that gets to that point. But the thing, too, that bothers me, and people are trying to say it's old school, but in the old days, no player would have been so pampered that he would have allowed to be like this, to be so fearful that you won't shoot. Not only would he not shoot jumpers, first it wasn't he wasn't shooting a three. Then it came, like, he just started shooting only paint shots. Like, no coach would allow you to do this. They would have just kept yelling at you and tried to break you of this habit, but you wouldn't be coddled to the point. Now, if you're a bad free throw shooter, that's fine. But that that does happen. I mean, but you can't run from it. But just refusing to shoot, just being scared to get fouled, like, it just would have been unacceptable within a team structure. The one time I agreed with Shaq, where it's basically said we don't fault him. But in a team structure, in a coaching structure, in an organizational structure, they wouldn't allow somebody like Ben Simmons to exist in the context of not working hard enough or just eat if you're going to suck at it. Just have the guts to shoot and fail. Don't just disappear and refuse to shoot. That's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. Like, at this high of a level, no. Maybe if we were talking about Little League, high school. I mean, like, faults. Occasionally. They try to lie and say faults was hurt. Ironically, with Philly, but they try to say Fultz was hurt, but some of that stuff is mental too. I mean, but... he he was he was kind of messed up with his shoulder or something like that. He had to have that surgery or whatever. But I mean, even he wasn't like I don't. I mean, he never was in a game of that magnitude. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to say if he would have did that. Like this dude was doing that in regular season games. We're talking about, bro. This is game seven. Like this is game seven. This is it. You know, and you're in a city like Philly, man. Whatever they threw on the court, man, that was just that. That's as nice as they could possibly express themselves, right there. <laughs> I know nobody even complained about that when they threw it on the court. That wasn't like a uh, that wasn't a, a scandal or anything. The the the, uh, the announcer just was like, "Well, you know, you shouldn't do that. It's just a mandatory thing." But no, that wasn't that didn't get any traction because it was almost it's never justified. But it's daggone sure understandable. Uh, my fine. Uh, that I did find someone this week, a new guy. I'm glad he stuck around. I kind of like him, but 
God, he asked so many questions. And I'm okay your first month, the first couple of weeks asking questions. But you can't always ask questions and be confused. It wasn't even a group culture thing. So what we got, uh, I find him, ironically, this was a New Zealand weightlifter. Uh, this transgender athlete. I'm still confused about which which trans part is going on. But that I digress on that. But underneath the caption is some spam on Twitter. And it says, I'll pay the bills of the first seven people to DM me. Now, I don't feel like that should ever be commented on. That should make it a joke. And maybe I'm being too hard on Justin. He says, what's that bit at the bottom about paying bills? Me. It's a random Twitter user. I don't crop. And basically, he goes on to say, oh, I thought it had something to do with the post. Have you ever been on Twitter? And obviously, I got verified NBC News. Why would the reply have something to do with the post? I'm not going to crop every damn photo, and I share hundreds of screenshots a week. I'm not doing that. And you ought to be intelligent enough to do it. Not that he's not, but he's just not using it or whatever. So maybe I was hard on him, but I got a one-day mute. Because then he tried to blame it on me. He says, your fault for not cropping. Are you serious? So I, I don't know if you thought I was too hard on, but I just I'm glad he hung around because he's got potential. But God damn. So I feel like this show is going to turn into you questioning why white people in the group are asking or acting the way that they are. And I'm going to keep constantly reminding you that you are enabling these white people to be like this, where we have a pro black dominant group. And yet white people still ask questions out of turn, don't raise their hand. They don't wash their hands out the day. I try to be the fair. Bathroom. They walk in the house with their shoes on. I try to be fair. Just get mad about and, and you're just a lot you're enabling it. Like and and you know why I like Justin? Because he has SF in his name and I'm hoping it's for San Francisco. <laughs> uh, but it could be for small Ford, which would make me think of LeBron and would make me hate him all over again because that's how this group works. Everything goes back to LeBron. Exactly. So um I'm not sure if he knows how Twitter works or the internet works or he knows how IBS works, but to quote um the honorable Louis Farrakhan, you should be quiet. <laughs> you should be quiet. All of you should be quiet. Raise your hand if you talk on these posts. Try to I'm get sick inclusive. of having this show about finding white people and them being like, what's this about? Come on, man. Read the books. <laughs> it Read is a trend. It is a trend that the white people get fired. And you have a fine of a white person. Imagine that. I do. Man, bro, I'm, fi- I'm finding like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like every time I find a white person is secretly that I want to find Junior because this is all his fault. It but is I'm, kind I'm, of his fault. I'm finding Ryan was it Lazarnik or whatever his yeah, name I guess it's is. I don't even know. If it rhymes with Kaepernick, a, ironically. There is there's no amount of a imaginary number that I could come up with to find him for comparing Luca or not even comparing for mentioning Luca has a little Kobe in him. Maybe he was talking about the beef, like the steak or something. He knows what he ate. But there is absolutely not one ounce of Kobe Bryant type anything in Luka. And for him to compare somebody that is in, what, their second, third year of NBA and already having, like, uh, uh, fitness issues to somebody who is relentless like Kobe is a disgrace to the ghost of Kobe Bryant. It's a disgrace and assault on the culture. 
I find him. If he ever comes to the meetup, he catching hands on sight. So I don't care. Call the police when you see me, Ryan. Call the police because I'm gonna get you jumped. I'm gonna get you jumped. I, I, I thought it was uh, Ryan is cool, dude. I like Ryan. Cause I like He's not cool. cool. I, oh, that, that wasn't okay. That wasn't okay. I, I, I what he said was okay. Wasn't okay. But what I, what I, what I'm trying to say, that was not okay. But especially so close to Juneteenth. But what? It, 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 he Ryan has a little trigger. Everybody has their triggers. I have Brady, but Brady is the goat, so it's hard to you don't get too mad. But he has a trigger, and it's not even Luca. He's reasonable. But if you compare Trey Young to Luca, and it was a toss up Tuesday question, he will go off. He will lose it. He can't handle it. So you know, I'm trying to forgive it. You know, but it was real disrespectful to Kobe with Luca, who comes to shape, comes to camp out of shape, and kind of works his way into it. And his second year, second with thirty, or was his second year? I don't yeah. even know. But it's too too young to be out of shape. Too young to be out of shape. You're not even twenty six yet. How you gonna be out of shape? You ain't even got your first big contract. How you gonna be out of shape? And this is the funny thing too. This stuff, this kind of stuff, and Corey, we won't go deep into because it's lighthearted show. But Corey talks about this too about the racial dynamics of the league and who gets a pass and everything. JJ Berea said this on the JJ Reddick podcast. Well, he's still a kid. Berea said he's still chilling. I think he's still chilling. He's still growing. He hasn't, in a good way. He still hasn't taken the next step. If you know what I mean. When he really starts train, or he starts really training and really working and really getting ready for the NBA, he's gonna be a monster. He said this uh, before last season. He said this January first of two thousand twenty-one. So that was this season. <laughs> so, but Luca doesn't. You can't compare somebody to Kobe if their work ethic is ever questioned, ever. Question. Literally, Kobe's work ethic was on display at the at the draft workout. Like literally, that's what caught uh, West's eye from the jump. Was like how relentless he was at, at just going at people and, and attacking the sport of basketball in general. Like that was what sold him. Was that this kid's different? He's gonna be special. Like get out of here, bro. And I get like Luca, but it's not that kind of aggression I, no, to basketball. No, I don't I know if don't I like Luca, but I like his game. I don't uh, like Luca's game. <laughs> <laughs> what is there to like? What is there to like? I like Harden's game. If Luca, so it's fine. If Luca was black, he'd be AI. They'd be calling him AI. Well, he and is, he's percent. Luca doesn't yeah. shoot forty-one percent very often. Chill out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's he their AI more. though. Culturally, he's becoming yeah. their AI. Let's hope he has the same level of success. This will be a quick find. Guy, I don't even know who he is. James Ash or Ash or A I S H E. Uh, he didn't even respond, but I put up a post, a meme, which everybody thought was funny. It was a little white kid, uh, ra- uh, just squat, like kind of slouching in the couch and being upset. And it said, uh, LeBron fans during the most exciting NBA finals or NBA playoffs in a long time. And so, of course, you know, Hurt did about 10 posts because he he's on every barn post. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Lawrence Hurt, for y'all that don't know. Uh, but this guy came and said, and he always had the MAGA types. And he said, how could, nobody's watching it. How could it be the most exciting? And I'm not even like, I'm not, I mean, I love the NBA. I love basketball, not the NBA. I love basketball. And I'm not as pro basketball as you or Corey. But I'm like, dude, they've been going to game sevens. This has been exciting. And I showed him how the ratings were up from last year and how 
the uh, Game 7 of the Dallas and the uh, Clippers ratings were like a high for years and years. People are watching this, even though LeBron got knocked out early. So I don't understand. It's like people just have this political narrative and facts won't get in the way. So he got fined and he probably left the group crying in his little uh, MAGA pillow. Or, or I guess it's my pillow is what they use these days. Yeah, um, I didn't even comment on that post when I saw that. I was just like, I get enough of the um, of the MAGA supporters in, in the club junkies uh, golf group thing, so I'm I'm like I don't I don't got time for it in our group. But um, yeah, I mean LeBron is just he just unfortunately brings out the best and worst of sports fans. Like the NBA basketball will go on without LeBron. It'll go on like it went on without Jordan and so on and so on. Like nobody's ever bigger than the sport. So the idea that nobody's watching the NBA is just completely false, man. Like, or people are not watching it as much. I don't, I don't even know why you would have to address that with any statistical data. Like it's clearly one of the more exciting times um, in the NBA in recent memory. And it's just because there's, there's priority, you know, like there's, there's some, some variables that people didn't calculate and um, that makes it exciting. The unknown makes it exciting. I mean, people like dynasties, but they're not necessarily good for ratings. So. And it's wild and it's wide open too. And I think that's what a lot of people like that. It's a wide open year. You don't really know. And the injuries have kind of, it's just made it more unpredictable when the Lakers went down earlier, but it's like, okay, well, anybody could win this, and you, you don't have the Warriors dynasty. Now, what the finals will look like if it's Milwaukee against Phoenix, or even uh, Atlanta against Phoenix, that remains to be seen what those ratings will be. But overall, the playoffs have been very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's fair, because um, those fan bases are not necessarily the, the biggest markets um but you know they they still have like there's still star power in on every single team yeah. um so that and that's usually what carries the nba uh devin booker is is continuing to rise and become a more uh household name and and i think if he gets his opportunity to play in the finals with with somebody like chris paul who people recognize that name but to see his style of play on display, um, I think would be really good um, for the NBA. And we went to toss-up Tuesday. I thought it was interesting because there's definitely some momentum for Trey Young. Toss-up Tuesday, who would you rather start your team with? We got 57 votes for Luka, big-time poll, 33 votes for Trey. Evidently, the Luka people were offended, even though the man won by 24 votes. We still were offended by this. Uh, Rihan Khan said, I'm just here to sh- see who throws in a third option, like the troll. <laughs> uh, we got JR Mercer, just surface knee jerk reaction. I'm going with Trey only because I feel like I could put him in a wider selection of players around him. To- I said, Would you rather have a lesser Harden or a lesser Steph? Uh, <laughs> and I said, Luca still ain't been out of the first round with his ball hogging ass. Uh, let's see who else. This then. Lurby Hollywood, wonder who that is. He says, me personally, I don't like players who have that gimmick foul that the NBA is about to do away with in a game. That's just me. He is so 
Hurt is so butthurt, huh? I'm so clever, <laughs> about Atlanta beating Philly. I don't care what he says, what team he's his favor of. He lives there. You know he has an attachment to this team all day long. All he could talk about this week is Trey Young flopping. I mean, he, he did slander Trey Young in the middle of the series, too, and then Trey went on to score like 30 a game after that. <laughs> so I bet he is bad. He's got every right to be bad. I mean... It's he's a small guy. Um, he does initiate contact in or or use his body in a way that if you are an official, you know you you kind of have to make that call. Um, but at the end of the day, it ain't Trey's fault that the Seventy Sixers choked. So he just he played the way he was. He's always played, did what he's always done. And the worst part about it all was like Game Seven. It won't even him that killed you. So. And this is the argument that I made. Corey's making it, but I'm trying not to use all my arguments. I'm trying to use some uh, listener feedback mm-hmm. or, or or people in the group feedback. Corey says, I, I actually literally said some of this in the in the discussion. All I know is at the beginning of the season, absolutely no one said the Hawks have more talent than the Mavs. Now mm-hmm. that Luka flopped in the first round again, the Mavs have no talent. Look at what little Steph doing in Philly. <laughs> Why couldn't he do that with Luka? He's talking about Seth. Yeah. And Trey makes people around him better. Everyone is worse off playing with Luca. Poor Josh Richardson might end up in the G League. But that is my point. Luca is the better individual talent. But to me, what I love about basketball, moving the ball around, moving without the ball, what I think is the most effective thing, you got a ball-dominant guy with a questionable attitude. This is what they would say about a black guy. With a questionable attitude, the, the, the team in the franchise, there are rumors, but the team in the franchise is kind of falling apart as far as losing the coach, losing the GM, and you got some kind of craziness going on with that gambling guy, but that that's that's here neither here nor there. But and then you have Trey, who everybody's rallying around, unexpectedly doing having success. And I would rather have Trey to start a team. You count, I mean, like when you're drafting a quarterback, don't you look at personality? Don't you look at what the negatives they bring to the table too? So to me, I would start with Trey. I understand why you would start with Luca because he's more talented. But give me Trey because I feel like I could do more with it, and he elevates his teammates. While Luca, you're only gonna be as good as he allows you to be. It's the same thing I've said about Westbrook and every other ball dominant point guard. Less is more, man. Like it takes a team to win in basketball. Even even with people as great as LeBron, um, like. He got he definitely historically gets his teammates involved. Like you you it's very rare that we find an athlete so dominant that they can win it basically by themselves. Luca's not that type of athlete, you know, like like we're talking like athletic ability. He's a great basketball player, but he's not really that athletic. You know, he's not the fastest or the strongest. He's not gonna jump over people and things like that. But he's good at basketball. The problem is he doesn't seem like he's good at getting his entire team involved. Like, you can't keep slandering Porzingis and the man doesn't touch the ball. Exactly. He was getting buckets in, in New York. Like, you picked him up from New York because of the talent that you saw. You don't see that same talent, not because anything necessarily changed with him, because he's not getting the opportunities to play within his ability. And regardless of what we think about these athletes, they're still human. If I'm not being utilized, then what's the point of me being here? I'm just going, kind of going through the motion, setting picks and just moving out the way and waiting. Like it's, it's, it's awful. And Seth Curry 
would have been a perfect complement to that team for mm-hmm. what they needed. Um, and then they ended up having to basically get Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, along with Porzingis from, from the Knicks to fill a role that when you look at what Seth is doing now, you had that. You had that. The boy got 20 a game against the Hawks. And they still didn't use him right in Philly, but he was still able to work in his shots and in his rhythm. Like, none of the players on Dallas are allowed to work within their rhythm except for occasionally Tim Hardaway Jr. Occasionally. And he, even then, he's a ball-dominant player if you, if you allow him to be. So you're not getting no touches. If, if Luka holds the ball and then the next person he passes to is Tim Hardaway Jr., you're not seeing the ball, bro. And it's unfortunate. And I pick Trey Young for that reason, that I think you can build a team around Trey. Um, I was very um, happy with how the Hawks brought Trey in in his rookie season, kind of developing him from inside out, not necessarily encourage him to shoot the Steph Curry range threes that he was shooting when he was in Oklahoma, just allowing him to attack the basket, work his way into a more cohesive system depending on teammates, you know, because he was that guy in um, Oklahoma as well. And it's paid off because you see a mature level player right now that understands the game, like the NBA game, not basketball, understands how the NBA works and is still able to do uh, or play within his natural abilities. Now you see the range coming back where he's shooting the 35, 40 foot threes and people are like jumping off the roof like, oh man, look at that. But he's always done that. You just didn't see it much his rookie season because they were bringing him along with, I hate to sound like this, but bringing him along the right way. And boom, look at him now. Look at look at how far he's helping to elevate this franchise and look at where the, the Mavericks are. That's honestly... A front office and coaching issue, um, more so than it is a Luca issue. They've allowed this. Yeah, they so, allowed. They sort of like they yeah. have allowed. But moving on, we got a couple yep. bumps. We got a couple good bumps. Uh, no, we, we got don't. Corey from May eighteenth, two thousand eighteen, trying to judge the steepness of IBS. Who would you rather have going forward? Have going forward to start a team? Ben Simmons, thirty five votes. Jason Tatum, twenty votes. At who I picked. And then Devin Booker, only 10 votes. I can't see it. I got to find it. But uh, it's so funny how things change. Corey had everybody preaching the gospel of Ben Simmons. He wants to try to back off now. But he has been preaching this gospel of Ben Simmons since Ben Simmons came out of college. He called the guy a generational talent. I I think not. He used to throw that word around a whole lot. And uh, no, not a generational talent if you can't fucking shoot. Sorry. At no point would I ever pick Ben Simmons over those two. So, and I don't really know basketball like that. Let Corey tell it. And he's right. I know. But I know that that Bama wasn't that good. (laughs) I mean, I like what Ben Simmons has to offer, but who knew that he was just this soft and, and not, and maybe he shouldn't play point. Maybe she played power forward and he, or small forward where he could take advantage kind of, and he's not bringing it up every time. But, Man, you just can't, you cannot just not show up. But it's just kind of funny that that was a bump I found. Because on Monday, I came looking for all of the bumps for Corey. Because I knew there would be so many bumps because he rides on Ben Simmons so hard. The only person he probably rides harder for is Booker, who he was absolutely right about. But let me show you. The, let me read you off. Let me see if I can find it. Ah, it left me. 
I was trying to redraw off the Simmons voters. All right, let me. All right, come on now, thing. Facebook is being a little bit temperamental, but okay. So Simmons voters, I can see Joe on here as a Simmons voter. Joe Matz, your favorite. <laughs> uh, let's see. Corey voted for Simmons. Come on now. Corey voted for Simmons. John. Uh, Antonio McLovin. Loving. Gary Walling. Lawrence Hurt. Brian Malone. Jay Shaba Johnson. Chris. Sims. Uh, J.R. Mercer. Renard Atkins, my cousin. Keys. Jim Craslaw. Uh, I think that's all the notable people. Let me see. Listen who... to the people that you associate with, Corey. I, I'm appalled. He's been, <laughs> I know, right? He, he's been convincing and converting a lot of these people. Let's see the Tatum voters. Only 20. Me, Ashley, uh, look like Patrick, which makes me think it might not have been a good uh, choice. Uh, Justin, well, he, he voted recently. This guy, Justin Percal, he's, he's from the Ringer. He's a smart guy. I always disagree with him. Matt uh, Bonaparlant. I never said his name before, uh, but everybody knows Matty B. Uh, Jamal Bramel did. Uh, and, and Paul GQ Sockwell did as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then uh, Booker, this is the last one I'll do. Booker had 10 votes. Jamar voted for Booker. Dalton, Todd Whitley. Whit, what is it? Whitley. Uh, Carter. DJ Wright, who I'm not sure is in the group, uh, Chase Bayless, not our not our, our Chase, but Chase Bayless, and Jay Martin all voted for Booker. I don't know who the hell you voted for. I probably didn't even vote. You didn't vote. Tyler King. Yeah. You know why I didn't for... vote? They all light-skinned, that's why. Tyler King and Randall <laughs> were the notable ones that voted for Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was a bad bump for Corey. Uh, and I love to find Corey's bad bumps. Yo, boy, you find him today. It was a bump. Jamar Goodall doing <laughs> Jamar Goodall things. Let him have it. Yo, Jamar is a domestic terrorist, bro. <laughs> he gotta be, man. He gotta be. That man said Joe Harris is really just Clay Thompson, man. I I think in that thread I said I was gonna fight him for that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this I, is going too far. A little background on Jamar. The beautiful thing about Jamar is he, I honestly believe he believes everything that he says, but he is such a LeBron hater that all those lead to LeBron. He saw Durant going to Golden State as a legitimate threat to LeBron's legacy. He started calling him King KD, and everywhere Durant goes, he goes, and he also likes Kyrie Irving to unseat him and to get credit from LeBron because he hit that shot. So, not only is it so the fact that this man loves Joe Harris and said that he's clay like it really leads back to Braun. And that's an amazing leap. But in his mind, Durant, I said it on the page, Durant of it well, once uh Joe Harris start playing with Durant, he became Reggie Miller in his mind. <laughs> that's what it seems like. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I cause I had uh find Michael for Michael Tyler Lynn for um, suggesting that Joe Harris' numbers would suffer when they added uh, James Harden um, along with Kyrie Irving in the backcourt. Um, because, I mean, that's just not true because James Harden gets everybody involved. But Joe Harris has always been what Joe Harris is right now when it comes to the NBA. He's a contributor, but he's never going to be 
as high as the number two option on any offense, unless you're probably like the Magic or something like that. And uh, it's kind of tough. You had a lot of Hawks stuff that Keith (laughs) bumped. You talked a lot of shit uh, about the Hawks, and it fell in your face. And now, Doc Rivers got me, bro. Doc, Doc Rivers, Rivers got, got you. Right? You knew, no, you knew this no, man's history when you when you signed up to hate on the Hawks. I know the history. I just thought that you know, with the matchups that they had, the um, the injury to Hunter, which was really detrimental to probably the the Hawks game plan, because if Hunter had to play, then he really would have erased Tobias Harris out yeah. of the most games. But, like, not having him, and we're talking about Herter and Gallinari having to play defense. Like, honestly, that's that was the most surprising part of um, of that series to me is that the Hawks were able to impo- impose themselves on the defensive end to the point where I, sh- I showed screenshots of the shot chart for Embiid. He stopped going to the paint a lot of games as the games went on. It was almost like he was just getting beat up on or something. Like, I don't know what, was, what his problem was. But anyway, I could not foresee that. And, yeah, congratulations to Atlanta. Bump my post. I'll be back. I'm always back. I'm always <laughs> hating. <laughs> and then a quick one. Jay, everybody's always got an agenda in the group besides little old me. My agenda usually just being right. But it's not based on our players except for Brady. Um, he kept slandering Giannis. A lot of people had to apologize to Giannis after that, that series in that game seven. But he kept slandering Giannis because Giannis they said Giannis was celebrating too much. But after they beat the Heat, I thought it was fine because they swept the team that beat them last year. So it wasn't like they were acting like they won a championship. They didn't pop any champagne. But yeah, they were like saying, hey, okay, this is revenge. I I and the Heat's the kind of team that talks a lot of stuff. They got Jimmy Butler. They got Haslow. They got little Tyler Hero. They they kind of team that's kind of swaggy. So you want to kind of you want to kind of give it back to them. So I didn't have a problem with that. But all, Jay uh, Johnson, all that slander, and then he tried to have the nerve to say I'm winning either way because I got Jamar I got Jamar out or I had Wally out. Nobody cared about Wallace. It's not 2014. If you still care about Wallace Glenn, you need to update your rosters. <laughs> you do. You do. And and again, like we said on that thread, and, and this is a group message too, if a team sweeps you, you can't talk. Yeah, there's nothing to like say. You, you can't. I don't, I don't care if you... I don't care if you won a championship the year before. I don't care if, if you won by 30 points. Uh, every game the year before. If the next season, if if they currently beat you four straight games in a <laughs> row, you have nothing to say, nothing. So you just gotta let it go. My man, my man Jay ain't usually that emotional about anything other than when Ben gets at him about the uh, the Huskers. But he was he was a little he was a little teed off right there. And I get it. Miami's getting the short end of the stick in free agency a little now lately. Um, Spolstra's been linked to the Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like That's it's like they feeling disrespected. They're yeah, and then the uh, McCaffrey boy was talking shit about Nebraska. It's, it was a rough time yeah. for Jay. Jay, my guy. Jay, one of the solid guys in the group. Uh, next segment. Don't inbox me. It always happens to me. I'm gonna tell the story. You can tell me your reaction of when you you started to see what was going on. So I have a former student named Michael 
Stewart, and an all-star, by the way. He's in the group. I don't think I was trying to take up for him because he could take up for himself. But he said something in, in, in on a post. And this Terrence Webb guy, whose claim to fame is, his best post he ever posted was, who would win a basketball game between light-skinned nickels and dark-skinned nickels if you did an all-time team? That's his best post. And uh, he's, he's like saying that everything Michael said was stupid and trash. And I'm just like, dude, your posts are garbage. You don't do anything for the group. And you're talking about somebody? And he got mad. And so then the funny thing was that instead of inboxing me, it was a first. After I muted him and find him, he muted, I mean, he inboxed Michael. Now, if you don't know who Michael Stewart is, you can look him up when you watch this podcast. He is the whitest guy of white guys. He's a white looking dude. And I taught him in eighth grade 20 years ago. But uh, <laughs> he's a very white looking dude. And whatever father son dynamic we might have had from teaching, we do not look alike. And he just kept going on and on in Michael's inbox. And then I finally looked in my inbox and he finally got to me. And he had, he, uh, he had inboxed me before calling me a fake ass, uh, who was it? Morris Chestnut. And then in Michael's inbox and later in my inbox, he called me a fake ass Carlos Boozer. So I did a poll who I look like more, uh, Carlos Boozer or Morris Chestnut. And Carlos Boozer had a, you know, was a runaway. Cause most of them, they're haters. They didn't want to say I'm handsome. They know I'm sexy, but the, <laughs> but I don't look like either one of them, to be honest with you. But when did you, uh, catch on to this, sir? Man, I caught one when we got the little alert about a violation of the. Yeah, he kept violating. Like he stuff, kept yeah. he kept pinging the algorithm in the group, and I was like, "Yo, it is." Sometimes, sometimes when I check it, I just check it because you know we can we can uh, sometimes get in front of it and people won't get uh, removed. But he was going on and on and on, and then I looked and seen he was talking to you. Typically, when somebody's going at you like that, I just let it go, man. I just leave it alone. They already think I'm your brother anyway, and I'm like, nah, I don't want nobody saying I'm ganging up or, or doing anything. I'm just going to sit back and watch this unfold. But uh, Michael Stewart posted the um, like the screenshot of his inbox, and that's when I was like, yo, you still on this? And he so, unmuted him. He used yeah. his all-star privileges to unmute the dude because he knew it was going to be chaos. <laughs> yeah, so... I typically stay away from these situations, man. You know, people acting all crazy in the group, making these threats. It's not that I'm scared. It's just that I just don't want to be involved in it. I'm on the uh, probationary period in Facebook. So if I get another violation, I'll be gone for 60 to 90 days. Jesus. So I'm just, I'm chilling. Yeah, you got to chill. Got to chill. Definitely got to chill. And so it's just like when these guys get in this, I'm just like, man, you know, that's a part of the group. Like, even when I do the inbox, these people are trashing me when I post a screenshot. So I'm exposing myself to the entertainment factor, too. And so now dudes can trip on me and call me Boozer or, or Chestnut or, or what they say, Ronnie Boozer or, you know, Morris, Morris Boozer or whatever. And, you know, they're making criticisms of the group. And some people, oh, that's true. Da, 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 da. So it's like everything is fodder for the show. You know, I'm putting myself out there. It ain't always fun. To do that, but you know, I'm getting mocked for a whole night about being Carlos Boozer. So, I mean, it's just people just don't get the show sometimes, and I think sometimes it's low IQ people that don't get the show. Justin, the Rockets did not get the first pick, oh, poor they baby. got the second pick. <laughs> 
<laughs> ah, that'll be good enough for them. Was it Detroit? Detroit, the bad boys, yeah, baby. Bad boys. I might become a fan again. My childhood team. Uh, what was the best meme or video that you saw this week? Bro, the Rick Roll video was the best was thing the I've seen on the internet in, in forever. It was, I, I did not know what to expect. And then when the beat was about to drop, I was like, okay, okay. Cause you know that's a that's a classic, man. And then it was never gonna give you up. I was like, oh god, I'm done. It's great. And for the people that didn't <laughs> see it, Rick it in like 15 years. It started like a trip. Instead, it started like a Trey Young uh, tribute video in the series. And then it had Herder come in there with his saltine stuff. And he surprisingly looked like what is it? Rich? Is it Rick Ashley or Ains? I can't yeah. remember. Stuff, whatever it is, but Rick roll Rick. Um. It, it, it was great. It was great and it was appropriate. There was a lot of Herder stuff that were a lot of memes that I saw that were really good, you know, playing on his milky, milky, milky whiteness. Uh, <laughs> so th- that was real fun. And then uh, I got a couple game balls. I just thought that was a classic seven game series. Giannis, great. Not, well, good. I'm not going to say great. But he overcame it. Game five was good. Six, he looked like Giannis choking. And seven, he came through and pushed through and outlasted Durant. And then, of course, Durant. Uh, he had the most points in three games in a series, along with Jordan and was it Chamberlain? But it was Jordan and Kobe or somebody like that. And then he had the most points ever in a game seven. He had the 49-point triple-double in game five. He just ran out of gas because they asked him to do too much. But he did show me something. And I don't care about the stupid LeBron debate. If LeBron had done this, just as a man, as a basketball player, he put that team on his back and he took it as far as a human could go. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's just one of those unfortunate parts where he just didn't have enough in the end. Um, but like leading up to that, he was doing everything he possibly could. And, and if you think about the injury that he came from and, and how he played um, and was still as effective as he was, I mean, it's probably one of his probably his greatest playoff performance since he's been in the league, honestly. Yeah, for it was. Series. It was amazing. Both five yeah, and seven were both series, amazing yeah. games. Yeah, so, yeah, four series, yep. So, yeah, I um, I was I was happy for him, man. Um, and it is unfortunate that at the very end, he, he just couldn't, uh, he just couldn't get it done. And I will say this, though, like, the, the Bucks, man, they're, they're equally as dumb as the 76ers. Coach Bud is awful. It was pretty bad in a lot of ways. As, as, as much as I disrespected the Hawks going to the 76ers series, I ain't got that same kind of disrespect or energy for this Bucks series, man. I, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and finally, we're more than a sports page. And I don't know if you saw it, but it did happen. Uh, Harley Quinn show from the Televangelist podcast and all the entertainment stuff we do. Great show on HBO Max. Harley Quinn is animated. It's one of the best renditions of Harley and it's funny and it's raunchy. Uh, but evidently for season three, they had a scene where uh, that was cut by the execs that Batman was going down on Catwoman. And in the, in, in the scheme of the show, I'm sure he would just come up from the blanket and make a comment and it would have been implied. But DC, their execs said, no, can't do that because heroes don't do that. And that sparked an online debate about Batman's sexual proclivities. I mean, Your I'm thoughts. not trying to talk about what another man is going to do and this and that. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say that that type of mentality is why Marvel is better than <laughs> <laughs> I feel I'm like, offended. I feel, I'm, I'm like, a, I'm ladies, I know. Comics. 
man. I've always defended like everything DC. I even tried to raise my child to be pro DC. He still ended up being Spider Man fan. I don't know how that happened, but I've tried. I've fought a good fight, but this is where I draw the line here with comments like that. You're second. That's why you're second rate. That's exactly why you're second rate. Batman would never be second rate. He would never lose. Like he's always got a plan. Like that's essentially what his character is built on is having a plan. And if he was Bruce Wayne instead of Batman in that situation, he would just pay somebody else to do it. So either way, it's going to happen. So I disagree. Yeah, I I don't think I hope they didn't really say heroes don't do that. They might have, maybe they just want to say we don't want our heroes to be that explicit. But ladies, I know people do nickname me as Batman. Just oh, understand God. that it, just because something's based on a true story doesn't mean it's the whole story. That's all I'm going to say about it. That's all I'm going to say. Can you hear that? That's me smacking you right now. <laughs> Cut that out. Cut that out. All right, folks. For Actively Lazy and RC Carlton the Commission, this has been the second episode of You Got a Minute Fam. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and share. See you next week. Peace. Welcome to another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Chief Keith Fleming. Joining me, we're back, boys. Ravishing Ron L. Tensley, Sam the Shooter Howl. What's going on, guys? I am uh, recently sprung from a local medical facility. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the, uh, my, my history of, uh, being dramatic and then being like, ah, oh, I should underestimate that got me, uh, in the hospital with an infected lymph node, which I didn't know you could do, but I'm fine now. It wasn't serious. Um, more pissed off, but I'm uh, glad to be doing this again. Uh, sorry. We probably would have been back last week, but they would not allow me to record in the hospital, which is bullshit. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were going to say you're in the hospital because you wrestled Nick Gage. A, uh, <laughs> no, I had a rage match. stroke after the Sixers lost. Oh, I wasn't going to bring it up, but how about oh, them Hawks? Ron, how are you doing good, buddy? <laughs> man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm just happy to be back uh, doing this. You know, um, sorry to all you guys uh, listening. Um, what I do want to say is uh, big shout outs to all of you guys in the group for all of the interactions. Um, of course, the OGs like uh, um, Jason Gill, uh, Gil Martin, uh, Todd Whitley, Brandon Wood. Um, of course, uh, our very own Vince RC for keeping a lot of the, the flow going. Um, just appreciate you guys. Uh, we're glad to be back. All right, let's I've, go. But just, I'm sorry. I, I don't know why this popped into my head, probably because I don't, I haven't taken an Adderall, but the idea of RC walking out in one of Vince's like serial killer suits, like it just cracks me up for some reason. <laughs> anyway, let's All get right. into it. We're going to go off the top. WWE finished up, and it's a docu-series I really do recommend on the uh, Peacock Network, which is basically the WWE Network. Not the same, but it's still uh, it's up there. It's live. It's really good. I think it's five parts. Uh, mm-hmm. goes over the top 50. They finished up the top five list. They were as follows. The Dudleys at number five, Edge and Christian at four. My man, Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, the Hart Foundation at three, the Hardys at two, and – what was it about six months ago? I said when New Day won the titles, they're the greatest tag team champions of all time. You WWE did? agrees with me. 
Uh, and just a reminder, these are the stats I didn't have in front of me last time. They're 11-time champions, seven-time SmackDown champions record, and have a 483-day reign, which honestly, that may be a record that won't be beaten by any modern title in WWE anytime soon. Unless uh, somebody sues them. <laughs> touche. <laughs> I, I think that they got the, at least the top of this list right. We don't really have time to get into the entire list. I know there was definitely some questions there, but don't you think at least the top five, at least in some order there, is probably the best five in the history of, of WWE? I mean, for me, you can you may be able to shuffle the deck ever so slightly, but I think they, you know, got this one right. And, you know, my, my bones to pick was further on down the list. Yeah, I uh, the I I'd echo Keith and I would definitely watch it. The they did one for the women as well, uh, of the modern era and whatever. Uh, but the thing I wanted to point out was how much it reminded me how entertaining Breezango were. It was, and I'm glad I'm you brought some, that up. Uh, yeah, like I'm not one to like be like WWE missed the boat, but like really, like. We, we need Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. We don't need Breezango. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, those are the kind of guys, right, that in the Attitude Era, when they're letting people go out there and just try to get over, they would be huge. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. It uh, And again, it's just different. I'm not saying that, you know, Sam has completely convinced me now that it is true that WWE and Bill Hansop basically makes the same case in his book that – they're not going to let anybody that they don't pick a get higher than a level than they want and B they're not going to really let anybody ever get to that top, top level again, just because the, you know, what did CM Punk say? It's, it's been 10 years that, you know, it's just a spoke in the wheel and, and it really does. It just keeps going and going. Sorry. That kind of took, you know, a weird term, but I mean, it really does kind of show that, you know, that's where we're at, that it, in a lot of ways, you know, it's it's kind of almost a good old boys network. You know what I mean? You have if you're in with the right booker or you're in with the right person making, you know, talent decision, and you see so many people stay and some go. The the one thing is that like the new day's dominance though kind of feels like and, and <laughs> feel kind of like an asshole saying this, like the Celtics championships in like the fifties and the sixties. The Usos are sixth on the or seventh on the list. So I mean, you know what I mean? I understand what you're saying overall, but when you have a tag team that's also another top ten all time, uh, it's still pretty impressive. And it's one of the best rivalries in a long time. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because there's it's been discussed at nauseum. But uh the stand-up comedian podcast host Kamisha Mobley went viral after talking about her role as a writer for WWE programming. Spoiler warning, that did not last long. She was let go. Now, was it true? Can somebody confirm? Was she let go before the thing came out? Or before what? the podcast was okay. released, yes. Okay, good. They, yeah, uh, she was, uh, she was actually literally released the morning after she had did that podcast and then before the podcast had hit the airwaves. So um, if you want to read up on it, you can. I don't even want to get into it. Let's talk about something I know we're all going to have fun hating on a little bit. Well, I, I, <laughs> I do want to say, like, it does kind of piss me off that, like, the, the, the person who gets the shit, the ration of shit about this is, like, a black woman. It's like, come on. Like, how many, like, eh, sorry. I'm, I'm just saying if you're going to go, but if you're going to go on a podcast, on a show that you're writing for, like, I would at least, I mean, it, it seemed like she didn't have, you know, any interest in learning. Maybe that's what they told her she didn't have to, but 
I'm just being like it. Nobody looked good in my opinion. I didn't think she looked very good in the interview. I don't think WWE looked good with their reaction. Uh, it just, I mean, again, it's a story I don't even want to talk about. Goldberg is going to be maybe challenging Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. You know, we were thinking we were getting Cena Reigns. Everybody was so excited. Cena Reigns, maybe Lesnar Lashley. They're talking about Goldberg Lashley. Guys, are you, is that going to put some butts in the seat? Yes. Yeah, mean, it will. It will. Okay, touche. But how much <laughs> groaning and internet hate, should I rephrase it, will we get? So, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make two points quick here. The first one is that I'm fine with it if Lashley wins. Like, if Lashley goes out there and just, like, dog walks Goldberg, cool. It's the same thing as McIntyre. It's the whole point of these, like, old past their prime – let him go out and do it. Uh, the other point I want to make, Goldberg is 54. I'm going to give you some other names. The Undertaker was 54 in 2019. Hulk Hogan was 54 in, I think, 2009. Uh, Roddy Piper was like 2007. Ric Flair was 54 in 2003. Has anybody gotten in the wrestling ring? Ex- and except for Ric Flair, and I'm going to make the argument that Ric Flair at 54 in 03 was better than that Goldberg was at his peak. So I just, I, yeah, if you're talking uh, about just pure entering, absolutely. Yes. I mean, the, the, the ability to entertain. Goldberg's personality, just like Warrior. (laughs) Sorry, he is. He is. It's the same style, it's the same gimmick. Yeah, I, almost, yeah. I just, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I get it, and I think that it's kind of an inoffensive use of, having you know fine i i don't mind goldberg like i but also at the same time like lashley i think is 40 like 45 can we can we yeah. just talk about like bobby lashley he, he bobby lashley so is, listen that, title. that so guy good with that title he's gonna inspire me to actually work out because it's like i mean i know i'll never look like that. i will never look like that but Jesus, is, he's Bobby Lashley is showing me right now, and I know that you know he's not the the full topic. But Bobby Lashley right now is just showing me that thing that always happens when guys get the strap. You get that strap, and you seem to get a little more flex, and just he looks fantastic. You wear a lot of suits, in fairness, which you know you guys always look pretty jacked in the suits. Lashley's also, to his credit, I think really never been as good as he is now like they've wanted this for him for 15 years and he's at this point like no he deserves it like this is not i am definitely when he came back and they wanted to do him and lesnar i was like oh fucking christ now i'm like yeah fucking let him go in there and throw bombs at each other that'd be awesome i'm definitely going to touch on this later but you know i i want us to keep this moving because um i'm going to be revisiting bobby lashley uh during our supers all right, for the final thing for off the top, we're now just a few weeks away from both major companies. I think we're just days away, actually, but from uh, going back to live audiences, I want. there's a million ways we could take this, but I, I just want to know, who do you think is going to be the most over person in AEW and WWE when we get back to live crowds? Are we not counting daily places? I mean, are we? Are you saying on the road, basically? Yes. I think the on the road, yeah. Daily places, yeah, that's that's you. a home field advantage. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to make, like, the fucking... Anyway. A quarter of the crowd is guys that they pay. So, you know, <laughs> let's be honest here. 
So who we got? Come on. Um, Sammy Guevara is, I think, going to be huge in terms of AEW. Um, I think Penta is going to be uh, one of those guys. Or uh, the crowd's going to eat up Orange Cassidy. And um, Jungle Boy, honestly, you know, that the kid, listen, kid, get your talk game up, man. They're ready to do some serious things with you. I'll get to that one in a little bit. Uh, Page. I think Hangman Page for uh, AEW is going to be a huge deal. Uh, for WWE, I think a sleeper is Bianca Belair. I think that she they've done a great job of having her, which I'll get to in my superlatives. Uh, yeah, she she's definitely going to blow it on, on the road. Yeah. I, I also, from a heat standpoint, I'm looking forward to seeing Roman get a deserved heel reaction. I don't think he will. I'm wondering if he will. That's what I'm. Th- I actually, I, he was going to be the guy. I was going to say that it's going to be a mixture, but people are going to be on fire for him. I mean, it's going to be like a rock concert when Reigns comes out there because he's, I mean, he's got that charisma now to where I mean, anybody who's been to a wrestling uh, show, you know, the difference of when a Jericho or the Rock or you know one of these just larger than life characters is out there in the ring doing what they do it's a moment and reigns is at that level right now and so i think that's the guy in wwe and i i agree that i think it's jungle boy in AEW, and i almost disagree a little bit about the talk game ron l he didn't have to talk he's already proven he can get over this way if it i mean if you really want to know the anna j there's a ton of ways that they can go where they can kind of prop him up without making him talk as much. And if there's any organization that can get away with that, it's AEW. And all you got to do is let MJF win the title and him chase him. And, I mean, literally, he didn't have to say two words. MJF will take care of all the talking. How many times are you guys going to kick this football, Charlie Brown? <laughs> I, 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 we'll get, like, I will get to this when we talk about it, but it's just like, I, <laughs> like padded recognition, y'all. Uh, I just I, I found it awfully weird. Um, I I did want to throw this in once we uh because especially considering that we were going to be doing this the other night as well, and what wound up happening was is that people actually had this as a post uh, in the group. I don't remember who. I think it was RC actually, and it's like, well, shit, we were going to ask that on the show. Well, we talked all... about it numerous times in the last few months because to me it's just fascinating. It's it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to have been well over a year since live crowds i mean other than they're gonna be ravenous yeah it's gonna i mean like it's gonna be electric if if they put on good programming which i'm fingers crossed they really were holding out some of these storylines because it really i mean to be fair if they weren't holding stuff in place oh my god we saw some matches like nine times in a row ko and range was incredible that lasted for like four pay-per-views and the ko never got a win i mean it's just crazy um the one actually the one guy i thought of is i'm interested to see how people respond to bobby lashley like why is lashley a heel what does lashley do that i am supposed to dislike him i mean I you that did see really that they did he did get yeah i i think the same and that's something that like if, if that we would ever have like a, if we were ever to have like a spinoff show that would be definitely a topic is just and I've noticed over the last week just the use of how many people are tweeners in this thing and you know what was normally a classic face versus face kind of stuff but anyway another time another topic for that 
All right, moving on to the superlatives. Wrestler of the week, Ron, who you got? My wrestler. Or excuse me, wrestler the, on the rise. My wrestler of the rise. I am happy to say that Ricochet is my wrestler on the rise. Like as of the last few weeks, yes, I didn't like the fact that they turned him into a thief um but you know they're getting him more on television um he had a decent program with uh carrillo and sheamus uh for a second i thought they were gonna let him regain the u.s title but the fact that they even allow this man to uh get into the money in the bank which means spot monkey for the money in the bank match and i am quite okay with that sammy uh, I'm going to go with Bianca Belair, actually, who is a archetypical example of what you do to get somebody over. Just they put her with the two most consistent stars on SmackDown, Sasha and Bailey. They said, go out, make her look like a million bucks. And they did. Like, Bianca Belair is a huge fucking deal, and she should be. I'm going to go. I'm happy to I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm happy to say that uh, during our downtime, Cindy now owns uh, Bianca Belair's belt. Nice. The uh, I'm gonna go with Riddle and RK Bro, which I mean, Randy Orton wasn't even there Monday night, and he was one of the biggest stories. Uh, I gotta say, I'm shocked by Riddle. He's charming. He's incredible in the ring. Uh, He's now that you're starting to, I guess, just get his personality. Like, you know, he knows his role. He knows his character, his lane. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes. And imagine he's getting some good mentorship. I mean, it's just so ironic to me that remember that Riddle was a guy that a lot of people didn't like, had negative things to say about Orton takes him under his wing. It's kind of, you know, you think about (laughs) to Flair and Hunter Orton was riddle i mean that's who he was was this guy with a lot of talent that a lot of people didn't like and the right guy kind of said okay you'll work with me and the rest is history and i think we would be seeing the same thing with riddle here one thing i would like to see with riddle them do a bit more was with kurt angle they did that whole like he was goofy he was also a fucking badass and i wish they'd do that more with riddle which is like yeah he's a goofy stoner but he's also a guy who was like would probably be a UFC champion if not for the fact that like Dana White's a fucking right wing weirdo. He's like, oh, you can't smoke pot. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't take your Adderall tonight, that is for sure. The uh, <laughs> the match of the week. I mean, I don't want to speak for you too, but since either one of you texts me. It's got to be Omega versus. It's got to be. There's no other answer. That's the right? reason I didn't. That's the reason I didn't say anything. Sam? Uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it, and honestly, that match frustrated the shit out of me. Uh, the, the, and, and, and uh, I'll save some of my hate for when we get to Jungle Boy. Uh, but <laughs> the, I have been banging the drama on Kenny Omega as champion. Like, they've been doing this chicken shit heel thing. And, like, I'm not a fan of the Good Brothers. I'm not, like, they, I like them, like, as personalities, but I'm just not a fan of them in the ring. Uh, But why Kenny Omega is not a Ric Flair heel, like, why he has to have people come in and fight his battles for him. Like, I'm tired of watching the Young Bucks, like, annihilate everyone. Like, I would rather Did you get to see uh, tonight, like, before we recorded? No, I'm going to listen. It was the most impressive he's looked as champ so far. They had him come down for an interview 
he had, and this is just so impressive that he's done this in just a week. He had the mutton chops uh, sideburn <laughs> into the mustache. I'm serious. Without the, the, oh, the Triple H. The, yes, uh, it's amazing. He looks, I mean, it's great. He's got the suit on. He's only got the AEW belt. He came out there by himself. Uh, you know, Seth Rollins would say he was, you know, getting some drip. Uh, but, I mean, in all seriousness, that was the first time since he's been champion that I went, okay, this guy's the biggest star in the company. I get it. Like, and you kind of see it in him. I know what you're saying. I, I'm not uh, like the way they booked him either, but maybe they're, you know, they know what they're doing. They, they were kind of letting him win, you know, nefariously every single time to get people pissed off. And now they're going to probably have him, you know, win legit for the next few months. And then somebody's going to beat him. I think, but it matters more. Like I get, I'm fine with the mic on moxley i'm not fine and i'm fine with cheating i'm fine with him hitting people with belts i'm fine with him kicking people in the dick i'm fine with him pulling tights that's what a heel does what i'm not fine with is that he needs the good brothers and the young bucks to bail him out like that's not like so because the whole point of this should be building to hangman page beating him and if hangman page like and that's the real issue there are there's one guy in pro wrestling in North American pro wrestling, who I think is a star. And Keith, you busted my balls. And what's funny about that, the one guy who has star appeal is Roman. And that's as much the WWE's fault as anything, but AEW is, you know, like Kenny Omega could be that guy. And the fact that like, they didn't want to let him go over, like even like just beating Moxley, who, whatever. I'm not- Wouldn't he have to be a face- to get over because he doesn't have the charisma that reigns does like just like how reigns being a face made no sense with his skill set and just not like look at that dude that dude's not a face he's a really good looking jack dude like of course he's gonna think he's this shit he's a third generation wrestler just like with omega who despite you know all of his accolades and stuff people have always called him like an indie darling he's, an, he's it's the ultimate daniel bryan story and i just thought it was kind of weird that they you know, went that route with him, especially when you could have made Moxley a heel. And I think the whole program would have been much better, not to book it, but I'm just saying, I think they, you know, sort of made a mistake, at least if that was the thing for a star. I just think they wanted to have their best wrestler be champion for a year. Keith, if you want to book a program, have your father become a billionaire and give you $100 million <laughs> to start your own promotion, just like John did. Just a little $20 million loan. Oh, was that? I thought it was $100 million. No, I don't know. I'm just laughing. Cause yeah, no, yeah. it was a $100 million yes, deal. Like, listen. Well, it's just like Cornette learning that I didn't know that Cornette was this rich kid, right? That, like, oh, oh, well. That was, that's Christ. what they said. They said he was pretty rich. Like, his dad was apparently this really huge businessman. And, uh, I mean, that's what they were saying. The whole reason he had the tennis racket and stuff was because, I mean, you know, he was a country clubber. Um, the wrestler on the slide. I'm going to go ahead and get mine out of the way because you're probably going to go, what the hell? Drew McIntyre. Makes perfect I am sense. really worried about what they're doing here. Uh, I love Drew, but like, what are you doing? I mean, he either needs to win the title back or he needs to get out of the title picture, go into something else. Drew is a good enough wrestler performer. He had unbelievable feuds with all kinds of guys the last few years before he was champ. But to keep having him to where it, it I mean, it reminds me of Cena and, and Reigns, you know, I guess what about three, four years ago, where it's just like, why is this guy always in the main event? Even though, I mean, if you look at it, he's the best wrestler, but it just, that's the way people get stale. 
And it's just going to be a shame because there's a very good chance that Drew McIntyre, who had this unbelievable two-year run, is going to never really have the crowd. You know, he had that unbelievable moment at Rumble, right? Like, I mean, seriously, what was the biggest moment, like biggest pop before that in the last five years? Daniel Bryan? And that's been outside of five years, right? Uh, Edge about 20 minutes before that. I completely disagree. Go listen to him. Uh, no, no, I, it was that was such a an joke. Extended, that was a joke. No, 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 I get it, but I'm saying it was such an extended roar where, like, that place went nuts and it was booked beautifully. I kind of want to piss RC off and be like, remember when Nakamura debuted in. Uh... <laughs> Maybe Kofi at NXT. I don't even know if Kofi. Yeah, I don't I mean, even. I was I'm telling you, say, go back and listen said, to that pop. It, it's, I might it's have said a, when Bailey won the title in August of 2015. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, like go back if you've not watched that Rumble because I watched it about a month ago. It's. I mean, it really is. It's one of those pops. I'm like, a, man, they make that list. One. It was unbelievable, and then he he basically never got in front of a live crowd again. And he's, you know, and, and now it's probably going to be stale, but I, I just, I'm worried about him. And that's why he's on the slot, even though he keeps winning. Ron, now who you got? Uh, before I just touch on that, I think you're very much right. Uh, I do think it was the wrong move uh, to let him into the Money in the Bank match. He shouldn't be, you know, even in the picture, especially considering the story uh, now that he can't face Lashley. My wrestler on the slide is the former King, King Baron King. Corbin. <laughs> And uh, what's really sad about this is (laughs) what's really sad about this is that like you don't really it's like what are they going to do with Baron Corbin now? It's like since he's not going to be able to get his crown back. Baron Corbin is like the last true heal. He's amazing. I've completely. I think I've said. I hope he doesn't go away. Oh, he's not. He's too talented. That dude's too good. On he's a heat magnet. And there's one thing we've learned in wrestling is that is how you can keep a job. Like if you can do, look at Vicky Guerrero continues to get hired and all she does is scream, excuse me. I mean, it, it, it'll keep you a job. Corbin's very talented. He's getting a ring too. Um, I had to choose between one of the raw women and I'm going with Asuka. Um, it, it is, it just bums me out, man. Like, WWE continually is like, well, she doesn't speak English, so, you know, meh. And it just like... What's the most pressing right is, you know, I'm a huge EO fan. I am not looking oh, forward to that. Yeah, wait till she comes up. Because she didn't yeah. even have, you know, technically the charisma of Asuka. She just, in my opinion, better in the ring. So this is where it gets interesting with those two. I think that EO is actually the... would Will fare better because she's not somebody where so much of Asuka, like I'd forgotten that Asuka didn't lose for like two years. Yeah. For two years. Until yeah. she got into WrestleMania. Damn near, th- damn near three. Damn near three. Oh, I thought, yeah, she, she, uh, it was then, like nine, was it like 900 days? You don't remember how shocking that loss was? Yeah, no, I remember. I was like, what the fuck just happened? It was like Undertaker, you know, kind of again on a smaller scale. Yeah, uh, that's and that's where my real love for Oscar began because it was like, this is how you're gonna do her. And super yeah, Charlotte gonna was. Do her? <laughs> I mean, it, the, and it, I feel bad for Charlotte because, like, oh yeah, listen, if anybody deserves to be like, booked that way, like, sorry, like oh, I know yeah. a lot of people don't real like quick Charlotte sidebar. 
we got Rhea Ripley, this unbelievable specimen of a woman. What's the one way you can make her not look like a badass? Make her stand next to Charlotte, which is, I've been telling people for years, she's like the Brock Lesnar of, you know, women's wrestling. Charlotte's bigger than Rhea, which is just insane. Like, she's got to be an almost two inches taller, and it, it just doesn't make sense that they're putting her with her. But anyway, go ahead, Ron. I mean, Sam. Uh, yeah, it's just the whole thing with Asuka. And it was the the other one who never really got started was Shayna Baszler, who was another really good. Like, I didn't like Shayna Baszler because I didn't, because she was a good heel. And I just, like, wanted to see her get her ass kicked. And she just Women's continued. Baron Corbin. And, and they've, like, they teamed her with Nia Jax. And, like, they did, like, the female bar. It's just the whole thing, like. I don't want to be like, I'm sorry to be like salty and like grouchy, but yeah, it's just like, really? Like you have somebody who is a legitimate, like catch wrestling badass and you're having her lose to like Papa Shango bullshit. Like really, we can't do that with Nia Jax. You can't I have, like, I love it though. I love what they did since it's gone live. I mean, I didn't like the lights falling and stuff, but her just flat out looking at you and giving you the, you know, the oogly googly eyes, and next thing you know, you're listening to her commands, the hand movements. It's brilliant. Like, I'm sorry, I know it's stupid, but it's brilliant. I love it. Boy, wait till the, that live crowd is going to shit on that. I don't think so. I think you are underestimating how much people love Alexa Bliss. Oh. Anyway, Sam, not everybody's the cynic that you are, buddy. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> who's your face of the week, Ronell? Um, I had the entire New Day. Mind you, I did this, uh, made this list um, before Monday night's show. So um, it, it's just basically with everything going on, Biggie is looking like um, earned his way into the money into the money in the bank match. He's sorry, um, and everything that Kofi did to you know earn himself a title opportunity. Of course, you know this is just a filler for whatever the main event of SummerSlam is going to be. But between him and even Xavier uh, doing his thing in the Hell in a Cell and having to take his, you know, comeuppance on his own, um, New Day, just all kinds of great face work. I, I just thought of this, but how great would it be if Kofi beat Lashley and then Biggie turned heel and cashed him? Yeah, uh, uh, you... Uh, I've been saying it for two years. I mean, I, you made I don't Biggie want that a star. Because Biggie deserves, like, first of all, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. Anyway. Um, you say he deserves a moment? Seth Rollins was a moment. You know what I'm saying? There's a way to make that move, and it's even bigger for him. I mean, in yeah, my opinion. he's He was there, and the, he was on the main roster before Seth, and he's now had six more years. So, anyway. I mean, I get that, but are you trying to make a big star? Are you trying to give somebody a moment? Because in my opinion, if you're talking about making him a star, nothing is going to make him a bigger deal than basically screwing the dude who's been his mentor for 10 years, who finally got his title back after all that time. And then he cashed in. And that is beautiful. Like, it really is. He's been champion since SummerSlam of 2020. Uh, So Biggie announces after the Raw, whoever wins the Rumble announces, he announces he's going to cash in at WrestleMania and wins the main event. That'd make him a bigger star. (laughs) I don't think so. I really don't. Uh, I think turning on your brother is a bigger storyline than beating Reigns. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's. I mean, it really is an opportunity. Like, until you said it, I ain't thought about it. I I love it. 
Like, I think it would be incredible. Uh, I mean, I just couldn't imagine that reaction. It would be awesome. Especially in front of a live crowd. Just watch everybody. Lose their mind, basically. Uh, Mine is stupid. I'm just going to say Jungle Boy for landing Anna Jay. Like, uh, (laughs) what a tweet. I mean, what a flex. You lose a title match, and then what was it, like 24 hours later, he just tweets out randomly him making out with Anna Jay in the parking lot outside the arena. Uh, just proving that the Luke Perry gene is alive and well inside uh, Jungle Boy because Luke was definitely a ladies' man. And I have to throw this out there just because I had put it in the group as well. Um, Serena's husband should take notes on how you pose with your girl with a very <laughs> nice posterior. Jungle Boy uh, showed you how it's done. I, I'm going to pick Jungle Angles. Boy as well as well because as a fan of like traditional just like great storytelling but i am gonna like shit in the punch bowl here it's like do you guys not remember the same thing happened with orange cassidy and like the this is one of my beefs with aew is that they're like tony khan the same thing that happened with uh orange cassidy where you be like oh look at the reaction he got and instead of being like hey let's you know use this to build jungle boy as a mid carter or maybe winning the tag titles or something like that, he's going to try to hot shot it. And there's no fucking way that J- uh, Jungle Boy is going to beat uh, Kenny Omega and nor should he, uh, but that's the, and we're going to be in a position where Jungle Boy is actually worse off because they created these expectations and nothing happened. I, I think it's a little different though. Like I, I really do only because what Jer- Jericho is not champion anymore. Right. When him and Cassie feuded. No. Okay, no. so, I mean, Jungle Boy's taking on a guy that's got, like, six belts. So, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. It depends on what they do moving forward, but I don't think him just losing this match, kind of like what all of y'all tried to tell me when Cassidy lost his, was Oh, no, 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 no. I, well, here's what I'm saying, is that I am not going to get excited until oh, I they, see what you're saying. they have not established a track record for me right. to get excited. I got you. So uh, I just think he's a star in the ring. And uh, again, you don't, it's not always talking that connects you with an audience. And just, just like Luke Perry didn't have to say very much on 90210 and he was the biggest star. People love that dude. Uh, and again, the, the people that do the music in these business, they don't get enough credit. That song for him, you know, the, whoa, I mean, it's just, it's great. I mean, uh, it, it, it really cool stuff. Hill of the week. I never thought I'd be saying this. Andrade. Again, this is the first hour of the AEW pay-per-view tonight and including what he did last week where he was interrupted by Matt, as he said on his promo tonight, Matt, what's his name? They had subtitles, which was just amazing uh, across the bottom of the screen. He looks like a million dollars in a suit. Like, I don't understand why WWE obviously did not let this guy kind of let his personality out because he seems like a star. Uh, is it easy to understand him? No, but like kudos to AEW just being like, look, we're going to go ahead and just put subtitles there. So there's no doubt everybody knows what he's saying. Uh, it's something I've never seen done and it kind of makes sense. So he's my hill of the week. Who you got, Sam? Uh, I am going to go actually uh, with Lashley, though. One, it's not. I, I'm going to go with MVP because I feel like he has i was gonna say lashley because i've been that's like the match i'm really excited for but like mvp's just been doing the lord's work in terms of like lashley would not be as over as he is 
without MVP. And I, I just think, you know, for a guy who 16 years ago, we were like, oh, shit, you know, like, just very good. Kudos to RC, I think it was, too, that said, we really had to lose Cedric and Shelton. Word. For a bunch of weak-ass females. Like, for what? What, what, like, what? What, like what they could still they could still serve their purpose being being there who's yours rano um i'm going with the pinnacle this is one of my um i told you so moments i don't you know really like to toot my own horn because you know i don't want to be one of those dickheads who are like you know see i was right about this but you know i was right that the pinnacle pinnacle had to um continue to feud with the inner circle guys it's just what you do and just the way that they've been dastardly in, in their attacks even though the guys aren't technically you know no they are still all together but um just i love it you, you know they picked on d malenko last week or what was that what two weeks ago now but um I just love what they're doing, and I just think that it just still makes a lot of sense for them to continue to feud with the inner circle right now. Uh, promo of the week, I think, can we all agree it was Kofi's promo with MVP on Monday? Yeah. Yeah. Where, I mean, was that Kofi promo better than any of his work and his run to his title? Because I just, I don't know if I'd ever seen that gear from him. Yes, because I think that there's it's less generic. Like the whole Kofi, like the basically what the Daniel Bryan thing was so great was because it was the inverse of what we'd seen from him like five years prior. Yep. Whereas with this, there's like you couldn't plug anybody but Kofi into this feud with MVP. Yep. And that ultimately matters. And see, and this was one of the things where I, I wanted to touch on even the previous week's work, um, that promo that they had did. Um, I, I know that Bobby kind of stumbled over a couple of things. I'm really loving what they're doing with Bobby Lashley. You know, he wasn't much of a talker. You know, I know that I, on this show, I picked on them about him, you know, wearing the glasses to have to read, and they've already gotten away from that. Bobby's starting to come into his own on the mic. Yeah, it's going to take some more time. He's going to stumble a little bit, but he's looking fantastic as a champ. And the work that he did um, with teasing the New Day and their gamer antics and, you know, you guys are basically basically almost calling these guys, you know, little Toms coming out here, shucking and jiving. I just love all this work. All right. Uh, we're going to have to do this one storyline to pay attention to. I'm yeah, but we already to touched. Mine. We already, we already uh, touched on Biden anyway earlier. Edge returning. Something's gonna happen at Money in the Bank, right? Like, I mean, I can see Reigns going over Edge, but it just makes me feel like that there's a good chance that if he does cash in, or either Edge somehow, you know, beats Reigns, maybe I don't know, cheats, whatever, and then he gets cashed in, but it just. It feels like there's a title change coming for them to just kind of bring Edge back out of nowhere. Or are they just making a SummerSlam match because Cena's, I guess, not available? No, um, I, I think that that would make a lot of sense. Um, we need to build some because I thought that the Cena thing was actually still possibly in the works, but 
I think this would make a lot of sense, especially if we get a little flip around and, you know, give Roman something to, to chase again as well in this persona. I, you know, I, I just, I'm interested in it, but like, I don't think Ed should win. I think that like, there's no, he doesn't need it. I think that you keep Roman, I can't believe I'm saying this, keep Roman strong. Uh, and you build him up for somebody who needs that win and where somebody's going to beat him. Unless, unless this is Vince McMahon and WWE, they let him lose and then turn him face for the live crowds. Couldn't you Which see Vince absolutely? Oh, I agree with you. It would make no sense, but I'm just saying, would that not be the ultimate Vince? Fuck you, fans. Glad you're back to just take the best heel work and forever and be like, now nah, we're going to flip them right back to a face as crowds come back. Just shove them right back down your throat. This would be a two-band podcast because I would just walk out of my apartment and keep going until I hit the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that would just be so awful. Anything um, we missed? No, I don't think so. Um, well, I, I guess since we do have another minute or two, I want to congratulate you because while we were on hiatus, uh, coming into contact with uh, your uh, favorite there, Brett Hartbelt, I'm kind of trying to work on something for uh, Sammy right now. There's something I kind of got my eye on. We'll see what uh, what transpires here. Who is it in the group that gets? Oh, it's RC. Or was no one RC? Who wasn't talking about the titles? Is it Sir Michael um, Star? I was. I was the one who had shared uh, the the one with the the winged eagle. It's a beautiful belt. Not on not as it's, a tattoo, but it is a beautiful title. I've got two of them now. They. Uh, I do definitely want to plug the new podcast with Alan. And RC, freaking uh, hilarious! It's really like good. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I I love it. I really do. It, it's very on brand for the IB Sports. You can check that on the IB Network. I'm still going to try to do a Loki podcast at some point uh, before the the series ends. It's been fantastic. I have so much stuff I want to talk about. It. I just uh, finished the last episode, maybe a half good. hour before we came on. I love Owen Wilson. Uh, the acting has been superb. What do you guys want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, I just want to plug the the All Star Package, um, the IBN, you know, IB Sports Group, and uh, the Patreon. Five dollars uh, gets you pre approval uh, for your posts. Uh, you get the levy fines, which is very fun if you get the show. Come in and get the show. Um, of course, the of course the IB Network, um, wherever you check out your podcasts. Um, I'm going to plug uh, the IB Sports Network. I'm going to plug the Team Turnbuckle group, which is really fun. Uh, I'm also going to plug, uh, if you are not paying attention to New Japan and you want to, highly recommend Emily Pratt. Uh, she does Fan Bite, and she's how I got into New Japan. She's how I keep track of it. She's awesome. I'm going to also plug another person that's not in the group, Bill Hanstock. Uh promised you a great main event. I, I finally finished it, I guess, about a week ago. Great book. 
like anybody that wants to know the history of WWE and I mean the real history, not just the history that they want to tell you. Uh, it's a great book. It just goes through the years. It's easy read. Um, I'd actually, I'm going to try to get them to come on the podcast at some point and talk about it. Cause it's just, it, there's, there's at least five or six things that it's a wrestling fan. I had no idea. Uh, screw Hulk Hogan. Definitely. I have that on my, uh, that, that I have that up, on my Kindle wish list. That comes up several times. You're like, man, what a dick. Um, uh, and then I just want to congratulate, you know, RC, Corey, all the guys, the IB sports page, 3 million views. And then the real person they should thank for that is my Atlanta Hawks for just driving conversation <laughs> like no team in the history of sports because they just, they just keep winning no matter what with Trey, without Trey, Philly, New York, Milwaukee. We're going to win the title because it's not going to mean anything and people are going to have an asterisk next to it. And that would be the most Atlanta thing of all time, but uh, I'm enjoying every second of it, truly. But in, in all seriousness, congrats, guys. It's great work. I'm, I'm so happy to be back with these guys. Uh, love just conversating with them, period, but especially talking wrestling, being able to bring this podcast to the guys in the Team Turnbuckle and Ivy Sports Group. So for the head of the table, that's me, Chief Keith Fleming, the ravishing one, Ron L. Tinsley, and Sam the Shooter Howe, with a special thanks to what's the name of the hospital you're in, Sam? Cedar Sinai. Cedar Sinai for taking care of our boy. Uh, this has been the latest episode of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network.